Are you happy to be in the presence of the Lord? Amen. Are you happy to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. The ship is tilted a little bit today. I won't be standing in the center. I will be much more to my, to my left. Okay? So, I hope you don't mind. Once in a while, I'll visit you. If your next guest prayed, you can turn, turn and look this side. Praise the Lord. Let us open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. And we will be reading from verse... Praise, 24, Matthew 7, verse 24 to 29. The Bible says in Matthew 7, 24 to 29, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rains fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Normally, I'm on a, we are doing a study on the book of James, but today being a special day for the youth as they are conducting this uh, program, I thought I would title my message, which is dealing with youth, and with seniors, with juniors, with senior youths also. So I've titled today's message, yes my sister, as Setting Values for My Life. Setting Values for my life. It's very hard when we need to set values and when we are confused what are those values itself. Every child of God wants to live a godly life and they have conflicting values and ideas of what that really means. Just as God has a promise for the church we must understand that we are a part of it, that God wants to use us in order that we can dedicate our lives to that purpose of what God has ordained in the church. And each and every one of you has a part in it. At some given point of time, you will come to know as to what is your part in the body of Christ. In the book of Jeremiah chapter 29, Let's turn our Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 29. The Bible says in verse 11, Jeremiah 29 verse 11, For I know the plans I have for you. Amen? Amen. Declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you. I like that word. If you have it in your Bible, underline it. God says, I know the plans I have for you. And number one, my plans are to prosper you and not to harm you. Many times we think when bad things happen that God is bringing harm against us. Plans to give you hope and a future. Amen? That's the worst you can hold on tight to because God says, I have plans to prosper you. I have plans to give you hope. And when you have that hope in me, 
I have plans for your future. Amen? The appropriate question is, how do we discover and fulfill those plans and purposes in our life? That's the main thing. And many Christians fail to understand the purpose why God has called them. They fail to understand that. And it all begins by setting proper values in our life. That's the beginning of it. Do we set values? Some of the worldly values, let us look at some of the worldly values before looking at Christian values. The worldly values are, which includes, number one, wealth. Number two, it is power. Number three, it's pleasure. Number four, it's revenge. It's fame, vanity, and status. This is what the world runs after. That's what it is all about for the world. But worldly values promote something in order to achieve them. The worldly values promote. In order to get them, jealousy becomes a part of it. Because in order to get something, we are jealous about the person who has it. And we wait to get what they have. Resentment. We resent everything, the worldly values, which is what promotes. Conflict among people in accordance to the purpose of what Satan has in store for them. So we have to be very careful when we are not careful how we choose values. Now, I'll give you a few scriptures that you could go home and ponder over them into seeing how these conflicting values hurt us. It's taken from John chapter 8 verses 44. You can write those scriptures down. John 8, 44. The book of Acts, chapter 5, verse 3. 2 Corinthians, chapter 4, verse 4. I'll give you three scriptures that you can go home and study over it and understand what are the worldly values and what are the consequences. Now, the values taught in the Bible are often opposite to worldly values. Every value that is taught in the Bible, it's totally opposite. We demonstrate kindness and respect for all people instead of power. And that's what Christian values are. Number two, we demonstrate humility instead of status. Number three, we demonstrate honesty and generosity instead of wealth. A Christian will demonstrate that. We demonstrate self-control instead of self-indulgence. We demonstrate, or we should demonstrate, let me rephrase that. We should demonstrate forgiveness instead of revenge. Quickly, let us turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. If you have it, Matthew chapter 5. Verses 2 to 12. Matthew 5. It says, Matthew 5 verses 2 onwards. It says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for there is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, verse 4, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth, verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, 
for they will be shown mercy blessed are the pure in heart for they will see god blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of god blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of heaven verse 11 blessed are you when people insult you persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you beautifully it says these are christian values that we are supposed to have we are supposed to demonstrate we are supposed to live now in our walk whether well, as a leader or whatever in our bible study there are some common questions asked by christians and many of these questions are asked by them either in a bible study or a, in a group of a cell or wherever you find when you visit people new christians have certain questions and i have summarized 12 questions as to what is being asked by a new christian or by an old christian number 1 yes my sister how can i follow and obey god's will and live a godly life it's a question that is asked how can i be faithful to god in my everyday life what does it mean to do good works what are the christian morals and ethical values what does god require of me six how can i obey the word of god how can i live my life in christ what should i do to avoid sinning how can i be a child of god how can i show my love for god what values are taught in the bible and the last question what are christian virtues and these are common questions i'm 100% sure you would have asked at some given time in your walk with god those questions could have been when you were a new christian and those questions can even be now also these are the difficult questions that people have regarding having values the first point is yes my sister the importance of values why is values important number 1 a values are important because they demonstrate the stability of our life let us turn to the book of james chapter 1 and see verse 8 why values are important james chapter 1 verse 8 the bible says in james 1 verse 8 a double minded man is unstable in have you seen that word all not in some in all he does mark that word a double minded man a man a man who is not stable in what he thinks a man who is not stable in what he does it's a very dangerous thing many people say they believe in one thing but they live and act in a total different way they say one thing but if you look at their lifestyle the lifestyle is totally different we say family is important to us and our children and our children should walk in the ways of the lord but yet an average father spends less than 5 minutes with his children we say that 
But in our action, how much time do we spend with our children? Most of the time we spend not with them. We come late, we are tired, and we don't have time to spend with them. And then we expect them to live Christian lives when we we don't demonstrate that in our homes. An average child of the age of 14 doesn't want to spend time with their parents and they prefer to spend that time with their friends. I've I've been working with children for many years and that's the sad situation, not from unbelievers, from believing Christian homes. I'm going to give you another sad story. Last week I was talking to a young child and he says, Uncle Claudie, do you remember we had a meeting for the men, women and children some time ago that was conducted by uh, the men's meeting? I said, yes, I do. And it was very sad. He says, I don't see or we don't see any change that has taken place in our homes. The meeting didn't do any good in the life of our parents. And I said, how do you say that? He says, my friends say that, uncle. That's very pathetic. We are a believing church. We are a church that believes in the power of God. And yet we don't demonstrate that in our homes. Our children do not see Christ in the mother and father. It's a very, very sad thing. And these are from children. So church, it's beautiful to sing. It's beautiful to glorify God. It's beautiful to dance for Him. All those things. But if you do not demonstrate those things in your personal life with your children, they will be eaten by ravishing wolves in the world. They will be devoured by the wolves outside. And you will get nothing in return. Take time. Think of these little ones. Demonstrate godly Christian values in your house. We say health is important to us, but we constantly eat and do everything that is harmful to our health. We say that. Many say material things are bad, but yet most of us are up to our neck, buying things we do not need with the money we don't have. We are slaves to material possessions. We are slaves to them. If there is something that you can have one, we have three. We are slaves to it. And who are we? Children of God. Supposed to demonstrate the power of God. And yet we crave for the things that the world craves for. We crave to have the things that the world runs after. And yet we say, I am separated. I belong to Christ. But our lives do not demonstrate the same thing. We say that God is number one in our lives. That's what we say. God is number one in our lives. But we constantly prove that He is not number one in our lives by our finances, by our schedule to church, by our prayer life, by our decisions. God is never put as number one in all these areas. Yet, we say He is number one in my life. Yet, we confess it. Yet, we don't demonstrate it in our lives. Church, we need to wake up. 
Because the trumpet call is going to take place any time. Are you ready? Are you ready for it? We say that our children are to be the head and not the tail. But we never sow into our children's lives. They spend all their energy in unprofitable things that do not bring gain to their soul. Only to the body and flesh. They spend all their time. I'm going to have the NG for C come forward right now. And they're going to do a small skit. And the skit is about a Christian home. A Christian home. A Christian home that has no Christian values. They are church-going people. They are born again, spirit-filled. Hallelujah, people. Praise the Lord, people. But Christ is not in their homes. Praise, praise. Praise, praise. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise, Lord. Praise. 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 Hey, Kathy. Hey, you know, I was watching that. Not anymore. Oh my God, give me that, give me the remote. No. You always do this. You always take my remote. I want to watch this movie, you know. No, I want to watch Monster Oh my God. But I was your first. I was your second, so what? Mom, tell him something, please. I'm trying to read, will you stop it? Mom, I was your first to tell him, back, tell him to turn my movie back on, right now. Kathy, you've been watching for the last hour and a half. Go do something else. Yeah, go do something else. I don't want to do anything else. I want to watch the end of this movie. You got it? Nobody cares about your dumb movie anyways. I do. Shut up. Do this, Brad. Kathy, that's enough. Go to your room. Mom, he started. Can't you And I'm finishing it. Now go. Go. Mom, you always take a side. You always... I... I don't want to hear it. Just go. I don't care. She's right, you know. My mom does always take Brad's side. I think it's because he's the youngest. My mom tends to baby him more. Mom says she doesn't take sides, but it's not true. Just watch. You'll see what I mean. What was that all about? Kathy didn't get her way. She's such a drama queen. How was your day? I thought we could go out tonight. Mom hates to cook. She uses every excuse she can to get out of it. <laughs> Again? Why don't you just make something at home? Dad hates eating out. 
He hates to spend money unnecessarily, but he also hates to drive further than 10 miles for anything. For your information, I've had a long and hard day too. I don't want to be in the kitchen all night. Here we go. I spent the morning at my sister's, babysitting her two bratty kids. I went grocery shopping, ran errands, and baked cookies. That's the first time I just sat down. So, excuse me if I don't feel like cooking a four-course meal tonight. <laughs> Honey, when have we ever had a four-course meal? Oh, yeah. Does chicken, potatoes, bread, and corn count? I don't want to be in the kitchen all night. Just go and make something simple like uh, sandwiches. You never want to go out. And you never want to stay at home. Look, I work hard all day, okay? And when I get home, I want to sit down and relax, not drive all over town. You're so cheap, Danny. Oh yeah, just because I don't want to blow all our money on something we don't really need. Really? The children and I need to eat. Then get in the kitchen and cook something so they can. Just fix yourself something then. We go through this at least three times a week. Brad, hmm, why don't you pick something for us? You know how to make sandwiches, right? Yeah. Not a chance, Mom will let him do that. No! Told you. Why not? Brad shouldn't have to go to school, basketball practice, then come home and cook. It's not fair. Yeah, well, it's okay for me to work hard all day and come home and cook. I told you, we could go out, then no one has to cook. <clears throat> Mom, can I come out now? No. Yes, Kathy. Ah. Hi, Dad. How was your day? Don't ask. Um, then, um, what's for dinner? Don't ask. What can I ask? Uh, like, how lucky are you to have a fantastic oh. brother like Oh, I think I'm going to be sick. You can't get sick, Kathy. You need to come to watch a star athlete play basketball. Oh, and if you're lucky, I'll tell the people that you're my sister. Sorry to miss your game, little brother. But I have a go-kart race tomorrow. Uh-oh. What time is your race, Kathy? One o'clock. We have a problem. No problem. I didn't want to go and watch that stupid basketball game anyway. Kathy, that's not what your mother meant. Brad's game is also at one o'clock. So? So? We can all be in two places at once. Um, 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 yeah. Brad can hitch a ride with his friend Jerry. And you and mom can come with me to the race. How's that? I don't think that's going to work. Why not? We watch Brad play basketball a lot of times. And this is the first time I've ever raced. But this is a tournament game for him. It's important. My race is important to me too, you know. Nobody cares about your dumb race. I do, so shut up. Show it, baby. Why do you come in between? 
We can't be in two places at once. I know what this means. We're going to Brad's stupid basketball game. He always gets his way. It's not fair, you know. I hate Brad. I hate this family. I hate everybody. It's always like this. One argument after another. Always a fight. Sometimes the same fight. Day after day, week after week. Why do they have to fight so much? Why can't they learn to solve their problems fairly? Is it because Christ is absent in my family? Thank you. Thank you. If you look, this is just only a small part of the fight that we watched. Some of the fights are because of shopping, which I hate. I tell my wife, I'll take you anywhere, even to the moon. Second point is, the Bible also tells us that our values influence our success. Our values influence our success. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Proverbs 4, verse 23. The Bible says, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of your life. If you tell me what your values are today, I will tell you in which direction you are going. It is important because every time you make a decision, your value 
It influences the decision you make in your life, the direction you turn. You cannot be consistent in your life if you're torn between two values. If you're torn between two values. Jesus knew this when he said in, Ma- in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, he says, No man can serve two masters. No man. And that's the biggest problem because between an husband and wife. There are two masters in the house. They have one Lord, but they are two masters. And that's the biggest problem in family. None of them want to submit or to love. The Bible tells us there is a third reason why it is important for you to set proper values for your life. The third. Next point, my sister. The Bible says that your values can affect your salvation of your soul. Your values can affect the salvation of your soul. Mark chapter 8, verses 36 to 37. Mark chapter 8, verses 36 to 37. The Bible says, What good is it for a man to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his soul? What can man give in exchange for his soul? You might gain the whole world, have everything, but what if, it, if you lose your soul? Jesus wants us to know that it is possible. Outwardly, you can be the most successful person in the universe, but you can be totally bankrupt spiritually. Very successfully in the world, but spiritually totally bankrupt. What are your values today? Have you noticed in the industry of Hollywood and in the music industry, how in the music industry they have sold their souls to Satan. They have made a pledge in order to become famous. And they become famous, but there is a cost that they pay in order to reach that place. Many Christians have the wrong concept. The moment I'm saved, I'm going to heaven. Sorry to burst your balloon. The Bible says that we got to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Confessing Christ and continuing in sin is a very dangerous place to be within. My next point, the source of value is important. The source of value. When it comes down to two opinions, you have to choose whether your value is from the word of God or your value is from the world. You have to sit down. And look at it. Where does my values come from? Is it from God's word or is it from the world? You can either let Christ set your values or you can let culture choose your values. 1 John chapter 2 verse 17. The Bible summarizes that the world and its desires pass away. But the man who does the will of God lives for Ever. You seen that? The one who continues to do the will of God. Those of us who are born again, but are living a double standard life, here is your scripture to wake you up. The one who continues to do the will of God. I want to give you one example of a man who was, a, who was willing to give up everything that he had in the world in order to be in the center of God's Will One man I've chosen and I looked at. And we find that in Hebrews chapter 11, 
verses 24 to 26. One man that we could look at. What was Moses' value? Three things that valued very much to Moses. Have you there? Hebrews chapter 11, verses 24 to 26. Number one, the first point, my sister. Moses discovered that God's purpose is more valued than popularity. He knew that God had a plan for his life. He decided, I'm going to lead the children of God into the promised land. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He said, I'm going to give up prestige. I'm going to give up power. I'm going to give up popularity. Because I know it will not last forever. Children of God, I want to challenge you. Society will lift you up today. But that same society will throw you down tomorrow. There will always be somebody better than you. There will always be somebody who can talk more eloquent than you. There will always be somebody who can sing better than you. The society will put you down one day. The same society that lifted you up. Even in the Christian world, it happens in the Christian world. You might follow out of ten commandments, you might be doing nine perfect and you might fall in one. And Christian society will nail you to the cross. They will nail you. Our God is a God of second chances. He is a God of second chances. Are we willing to give that person a second chance? Yet, we want God to forgive us every time we run to the throne room of grace. But we are not willing to do that same thing to our brethren. I want to challenge you today. Don't live according to the society. One day you will be on top. Next day you will not even be found. Because society will put you down. My second point that Moses did. Moses realized, second point, people are more valuable than pleasure. Verse 25. People were more valuable than pleasure. Moses knew that pleasure can be only for a short season, a short time. Pleasure never lasts. Pleasure never lasts. It's for a season and for a short time. Youth, I want to challenge you. Don't run after pleasure. Run after the treasure that can never be destroyed. Moses chose not to be the next pharaoh of Egypt. He could go down and help the people. Can we make choices like that today? I want to serve God's people. I want to serve in the church. How many of us, and you have heard this time over again from the pulpit, how many of us are here in this church for so many years, and yet we are doing nothing? We are doing nothing. We are happy to come and go. We are happy to sing songs, but we do not want to serve. Here is a beautiful example. A man had everything. He gave it up. Because he knew that he had a, greatest, a greater purpose. The third point, Moses seen that God's peace was more valuable than all the possessions of Egypt. Third point, God's peace is more valuable than all the possessions of Egypt. We see in verse 24, 
Moses rejected the world's measure of pleasure, success. In verse 25, we see that Moses rejected the world's pleasure. In verse 26, we, we see that Moses rejected the world's treasure. We want to be like Moses. All of us want to part Red Seas. Many of us stand there and we command things to happen. Are we willing to lay down these things that Moses laid down? Are we willing? Only when we are willing to carry that cross will the sea part for us. Only when we are willing to carry the cross will two lo five loaves and two fish multiply for 5,000 people. We are not willing to pay the cost, but we want to see miracles. Moses gave up greatest things that many of us will never want to give up. He gave up the palace. He gave up wine. He could have had the best wine in the palace of Pharaoh. Moses gave up all the beautiful women. Moses could have had a woman every week if he wanted because he was next to Pharaoh. He could command women to come to his chamber. He gave it up. He gave up a song to be sung to him. He gave up all this. We like songs to be sung to us. He gave up everything because he knew he had a greater purpose. A purpose that God had in store for him. Amen? Youth, I want to challenge you today. Peace does not come from the things you own. Peace will not come from it. Peace comes from being in the center of God's holy will, being what God made you to be. There is where peace comes from. Doing what God called you to do. That's the most valuable thing in a Christian life. Amen? It's amazing. Moses gave up the three precious things that you and I would think hundred times to give up. He gave up pleasure. He gave up possession. And he gave up prestige. And I'm sure if, if even I am asked for it, I will choose it at times. But he gave it up. Because he knew he had a greater calling. We're going to have the NG4C come up again and do the second part of this drama, this skit, showing a Christian home having Christian values now. A Christian home demonstrating Christian values. We've seen the home without values. Now let us look at a home with values. Praise, 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 praise. What would it be like if Christ were the center of my family? What if I could change them at the click of a button? Hey, Kathy. Oh. Brad, I was watching that, you know. Not anymore. I want to watch Monster Talk. Mom, Brad, your sister has been watching a movie for the last hour and a half. Exactly. Let us finish and you can watch your show later. Yeah. Who cares about some stupid preteen movie? I don't think it's going to happen in real life. Maybe not, but your sister loves them. So let her watch. Yeah, Brad. Kathy. Oh, sorry, Brad. 
Thank you. Hi, Dad. How was your day? Hi, Brad. Hey, Hi, Dad. How was your day? Very tired. Besides, I'm famished. So, what's for dinner? I thought we could go out tonight. Again? Why don't you just make something at home? I've had a long and hard day too. I don't want to be in the kitchen all night. Mm, why don't you just make something simple like sandwiches? What if we... I thought we could go out. I'd rather eat in. Mm, what if we compromise? Hmm. How? We'll all share the work and we'll do a little bit. Okay, sounds good. Okay. So, you can get the sandwiches ready. Okay. Kathy? You can set the table and Brad and I will get the soup ready. Okay? Okay. Do we have to? Yeah. Yes, Brad. Mom, what about my movie? The rest of us can get things started. By the time you're ready, your movie should be done. You can join us. Okay. Sounds fair. Come in. Things look good so far. Hey mom, make sure you get the camera tomorrow. You don't want to miss a photo opportunity of a star player in action. Mom and dad are not coming to your game, Brad. They're coming to my go-kart race. Uh-oh, I forgot all about the race. Mom, how could you? Don't worry, we'll figure something out. Wait, but we can't all be in two places at once. Problem solved. Mom and Dad want to see a star player in action. Nobody cares about your dumb race. I do. And I don't want both of you to miss it. We care about your race too. We don't want you to miss it either. But it's my basketball tournament. Brad, and this will be the first time your sister has ever raced. Exactly. Dad, my game is important. Don't worry, Brad. We'll try to figure something out. Yeah, what if you go with Kathy to the race and I'll go with Dad to the game? But then Dad will miss my race. And Mom will miss my game? Not necessarily. I can take the camcorder and tape Kathy's race. Okay. Yeah, and we get back that night and watch the tapes together. Yeah, but I okay. still wish we could all be there. Brad, unless we borrow our neighbor's camcorder, you know they're nice people and they're always willing to help. We could borrow the camcorder mm, exactly. and your mom could tape your game. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Okay. I guess it's fair enough. Um, me too. So, count me in. Okay, I'll go call the neighbors right now. Okay, Brad, while your mom is doing that, why don't we get the soup ready? In the I'll go set the table. Hey, Kathy. Yeah. What about your movie? Oh, I've watched it a lot of times. I know how it ends. Besides, I'm starving. Kids, kids, kids. One more thing. Uh, you gotta get back here for the family prayer. Yes, Daddy. Yes, okay. Daddy. Let's go. So, let's get busy. Give the mic to You left your mic. Thanks a lot. It worked. Now that's more like it. Now, if only it could be this way all the time. Hmm. 
maybe it can be now where can i hide this remote thank you and jifasi i think we need to give them a big hand church i'm sure most of you will will give anything for this to be happening in your family isn't it pastor shawn am i right yes praise god my third point is how do i build my life on lasting values how do i build this life that we have on values that will last forever number 1 we need to evaluate what is important in our life each and every family needs to sit together and evaluate what is really important for us ask yourself why do i need to do this how what i do will bring glory to god the ultimate is whatever i do at the end of it must bring glory to god that is the goal of whatever you set your values on let us quickly turn to job chapter 34 verses 3 to 4 job chapter 34 please if you do not have a bible look at the person's left or right find the bible and let us look at scripture only when we read scripture life comes out there's power demonstrated when we read scripture job chapter 34 verses 3 and 4 for the year tests words as the tongue tastes food let us discern for ourselves what is right let us learn together what is good you and i must decide what is important for our life if we want to discover and fulfill god's purpose for our lives we have to decide what value most in our life i would like you to go home this afternoon and ask yourself three questions what do i value most what do i value most ask yourself be honest to yourself as to what do you value most the second question you should ask yourself what matters most to me what matters most to me at this very given time god has brought me to this land there is a purpose what matters most to me while i am here in this land last what type of person do i want to become in my life what type of person do i really want to become in my life these are questions that we need to ask ourselves in order to evaluate what is important the problem with most people is that they do not know what they are supposed to be they don't know what they are supposed to do and they do not know what they are supposed to become why you are here i don't know i came here for one reason what are you doing i don't know when are you going to, what are you going to do in the next days i don't know then what do you what do you know i don't know that also we live in i don't know and you know we shift all our blame and we say it's in god's hands it's true partly true but you if if a little child says it's in all in my mama's hand and the child doesn't even crawl doesn't even walk you'll think something's wrong the child is retarded we should not become retarded christians 
We need to walk with God. We need to be His mouthpiece. If we close our mouth and expect God to do things, we need to open our mouth and say, Thus says the Lord. We need to stretch forth our hands and lay our hands on the sick and say, In the name of Jesus be healed. And when we do that, the presence and the power of God will be demonstrated because we are show forth in action. The key, you need to ask yourselves, where are your children heading to? Many homes, there is crisis because the children are in one side. Parents are going in a different direction. Nobody knows what's happening. It's chaos at home. Let us quickly turn to 1, 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. Verse 17. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 2 verse 17. The world and its desires pass away. But the man who does the will of God. What happens? Lives forever. Amen. The man who does, we seen the scripture earlier. I'm emphasizing on the scripture very much. The one who does the will of God alone. Alone. Not your will. But the will of God will live forever. Can I hear an amen? amen? The first step in building values is, we need, the second point is, to eliminate what is not important to eliminate what is not important we first evaluate it and then we eliminate what is not important and this I'm talking to the youth one more time let us turn to Psalm 119 and I want every youth in this church to open your scriptures to the next few scriptures that we are going to look at 119 Psalm and verse 37 the Bible says here Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. Youth, I need you to ask yourselves this question. Where are your eyes turned to? What is captivating your eyes the most of the time? You need to say, are you wasting your time on things that do not make of any value? Paul again says in Romans chapter 12, quickly, Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Let us see what Paul has to say. The word of God says, Romans chapter 12 verse 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. So you see, the world has a pattern. Believers are following into that pattern. Knowingly and unknowingly. Believers are following into the pattern of the world. But the Bible says... Don't get conformed to that pattern. It will catch you like a web. He's talking about values. Paul is talking. We all unknowingly, many believers, run along with the world. If I'm, to, if I'm to take a statistics now among you, what is the latest phone? Can somebody tell me? Please, I want a volunteer. The latest phone. Note phone. Any other phone is latest than that? Six plus. Then be six plus plus. Now I want to show you something. I am not here to find fault. Please, I am just showing you scriptural things. How many of us as believers, the moment this phone has come or whatever gadget comes, 
we are first in line to buy it, even before the world can buy it. Am I right? Any gadget that is displayed, we are number one. And if you ask a believer about it, he will tell you more about the gadget than an unbeliever. And yet you go to that same believer and say, what does the scripture say? That I don't know. Go and ask Pastor Abraham, Pastor Leslie and Pastor Lakin. They will teach you. Don't come and ask me these things. But we know everything that the world has to offer. It's on our fingertip. We all fall for it. All of us fall for it. Maybe when we come to church, we hide it so that Brother Claudie or these pastors will not see what we got and he'll bring it at the pulpit. We hide it. We are running with the world. We are running in line with the world. And yet the Bible says, don't be of the world. Even though you are in the world, you're not supposed to live according to the standards of the world. Paul, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 8, Philippians chapter 3, verse 8, Paul expressed this, I consider everything. Look at that. You have that in your Bible? Look at that. I consider everything. Is iPhone in that list? Yeah, iPhone is in that list. Latest iPad. Anyone knows what's the latest iPad? No, nobody will talk now. You know, if you talk, I will catch you. You are very smart. Smarter than me. Paul says, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Amen. Can we make that as a prayer? Everything I count as nothing but to know Christ. The resurrected Christ. Not the infant Christ, but the Christ who is resurrected. The power of His resurrection. Again, Paul says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 21. Philippians chapter 1, verse 21. He says, for me to live, amen, is Christ. Can we make that? I want you to tell your neighbor. Hold your neighbor's hand and say, for me to live is Christ. Now ask your neighbor this question. For you to live is Christ? Is the prophet Isa important to you? Is the prophet Isa somebody in your life? He is important. He is everything. The greatest prophet of all prophets who did mighty miracles is Isa. Amen? How would you finish the statement for me is to do the purpose of what God has called me. Amen? Amen? My last point before we close. Concentrate on eternal values. Concentrate on eternal values. Whenever you pray and you go to a time of prayer and the moment you sit at your prayer time, you ask God to show you the purpose in your life. It's easy to forget what God has called you for. It's very easy to forget. Why did God call you? Let us quickly turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. Now, these three things last forever. Beautiful. There are three things that are going to last forever 
in life. And now let us look at them. Number one, what is faith? Two, hope. Three, love. And which is the greatest? So now you know what is going to last for eternity. It is love. If any of you have your wife's side of you, okay? Tell your wife I love you. Don't look at someone else's wife and say I love you. Please. I will get beating the moment I go outside. Take your wife's hand and say I love you. Sudhir, are you doing it Sudhir? Amen. Pastor Sean. Praise God. My brothers, love is not easy. It's very hard for me to love Pastor Sean. He doesn't look like me. It's very hard. And when he tells me to do things the way he does, it's hard. But the Bible commands me to love him. You don't have any option. You cannot say, but God. Why not God? I am commanded to love him. I am commanded to love this woman, even though I don't like all that she does. I am commanded to love her. That's what God has called me to do. Things that she says hurts me. Because I am doing many things that are wrong. It pricks me. But I am commanded to love her. It's very hard to love your wife. It's very hard to love your husband. Especially when your husband demands things when he comes home. You know that you have been cleaning in the house, weeping in the house, doing all the work, looking after the three children. And those three children can really create a walk in your house. And yet this man comes at the end of the day and he demands something. And that's the time you want to rest your legs. It's so painful. The man calls you to bed also. It's painful. The man tells you, come and go out. It's painful. But yet God says, love him. Love him. Wife, you're commanded also to love that man dearly. That man is rude with you. He doesn't understand you. He does not know what you're going through. He doesn't understand that you're going through certain periods and certain stages in your life. He doesn't see it. All that he sees is a meal on the, on the table, a bed in his room to have sex. And you know it hurts you because he demands and commands things. But yet the Bible says, love him. Love him. We cannot. We find it so hard to do it. And the Bible says, yes, of all the three, the greatest is love. Amen? God commands us to love where we cannot love. I find it hard to love people sometimes. I find it hard to love my children when I see them disobeying the commands of God. I have laid down rules of what God has. And when they do that, it hurts me. But I cannot throw them out. I cannot say, you are good for nothing. I am commanded to love them even when they are wrong. You are commanded to love these men who stand in leadership. You are commanded. They call morning, noon and night. They ask you to come to church. They ask you to come for night vigil. Day after day, week after year, week. We are supposed to love them. The greatest thing we are not able to do. And yet we say, Jesus, I love you. He says, go and demonstrate that to the one who is hurting you. The one who is hurting you. 
Let me remind you. Let us quickly turn to Matthew. Beautiful word, chapter 6, verse 33. Matthew 6, 33. The Bible says, Seek first His kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things, what? Will be given. All these things, brothers and sisters, when you seek God, God will enable you to love the unloved. Can I hear an amen? When you seek God, God will give you the grace to submit. Can I hear an amen? When you seek God, God will empower you from above to do great and mighty things in Jesus' name. The greatest is, seek ye first his kingdom. And all these things, your children will submit, your wife will submit, you will love your wife, your children will honor God. And when things go bad, don't worry. Don't get hyper over it. Just go into the closet and say, Lord, I surrender them back to you. I surrender them back to you. Amen? Let us quickly go back to the scripture that we read earlier. Before we started the message, Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29. We are going to close. I want the NG for C to come quickly forward while we are reading the scripture. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Are you there? <clears throat> Musicians? The Bible says, For I know the plans I have for you. Who's speaking? God, let us look at the scripture. Don't, don't worry about, about them. I want you to pay attention to the scripture. Look at that. For I know the plans I have for you. And God says, I, I know all the plans I have for you. Maybe in those plans that I have for you, there are mountains and valleys. There are des deserts. There are stones being thrown at you. There are people who are ridiculing you. But he says, plans to prosper you. Praise God. Brother, it's not wrong to look to be prospered. God says, I, I have plans, I want to prosper you. In your job, I want you to be prospered. In your job, I want you to be promoted. I want you to increase. And plans to prosper you. Plans to give you hope. And a future. You got your mics. Pick up your mics. Can I ask the congregation to stand? We are going to worship this God. Because our God is great. Our God is a great God. He is a mighty God. He is an all-powerful God. And He will do great miracles for us when we learn to submit. My sister, can you have on the screen, for you are great, you do miracles so great. Amen. For you are great, you do miracles. For you are great, you do miracles so great, there is no one else like you, there is no one else like you, 
says, I will refresh the weary and satisfy the faint. The Bible says that you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk ye in it and be blessed. Father, thank you for guiding us once again. Lord, showing us the way the values that would help us to stand in the time of flood for we began this this message by hearing your word it says that when we hear and when we do we are like those who build their house upon the rock who dug deep laid a strong foundation 
established their footing firm and then when the issues of life were battering against them the storms the waves the floods it stood firm when the disciples were walking away lord jesus you asked peter do you want to leave as well and peter spoke for all of us when he replied to you lord jesus when he said where can we go for in you are the words of life we give you thanks o god for founding our homes for founding our lives upon this word unless the lord builds the house they that labor labor in vain god help us that each family over here would build their house on the foundation of jesus god that each life would be built upon the teachings of christ that we may not be foolish hearers only but we may be wise doers of your word and as we keep doing your word lord our foundations would become stronger and stronger lord and we shall not be eroded by the fickleness of this age lord the flimsy pleasures of this world the temporal gains that we may have of what this world has to offer is nothing compared to the glory reserved for us for your word says in the book of romans that our light momentary affliction is nothing compared to the glory that will be revealed at the revelation of the children of god and the whole creation groans for that day father prepare us for that day in jesus name none of us shall miss that day in jesus name father the curse has been reversed at the cross lord we pray for them that do not have this foundation in their life right now god you know them they are located in our midst we lift them up into your presence god we pray that they would have such strong and sound foundation in the name of jesus that they would have this value oh god in the name of jesus father thank you for showing them from your word that there is something everlasting that transcends beyond time and space god and as many as have built upon a faulty foundation till now i pray god that they will shift to the stronger foundation in the name of jesus they will reestablish themselves upon the rock that cannot be moved in the name of jesus god and even as david said i shall not be moved we shall declare with david that we shall not be moved god we extend a thanks unto you for these lives that you have used today glorious god more of your grace upon them mighty power and anointing upon them lord what they put up over here let it not just be an act let them learn through it 
and let it be part of their own life in the name of Jesus. That each would be part of a godly family in Jesus' name. Each would have a godly household of their own in the name of Jesus. Each of them would have the same values as Moses had in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We bless your name. We give you praise, O Lord God. Mighty, abundant grace unto each one in Jesus' name. And now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with us now and forevermore. Amen. For surely His goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Go in peace, the Lord goes with you.